Welcome to Learn and Grow with Adekule Holambi Wanu. Uh, also welcome to the School of Prosperity and Influence Special Editions. I am so glad to have you here today. I believe that uh, today, even as you found yourself here, that God is going to reveal himself to you. I want you to understand that you being here listening to this uh, audio at this time, under any circumstances whatsoever, whether you're a student of the XPI or you're just someone scanning through my podcast or you're just someone that uh, that got your hands on this podcast one way or another, I want you to know it is not by accident and I want you to know that God wants to reveal himself to you so that you can get things right. Today we want to uh, talk about standing on the word of God. What does it really mean? I'm sure as a born-again believer, you've heard it out countless times. Even in that Ephesians chapter 6, starting from uh, verse 17, it says that having, the, the B part says, having done all, okay, let's start from 13, having done all to stand. So, we need to ask ourselves, what does it mean to stand on the word of God? Do we literally stand on the Bible? <laughs> or do we just uh, start, keep studying the Bible? Or what, what do we really need to do? Today, by the grace of God, you're going to understand what standing on the word of God means for you as a born-again believer. What standing on the word of God means. And before we can even start talking about standing on the word of God, we need to put some certain things into perspective. I discovered that one of the issues we have is that when we talk about issues like this in the scriptures, when we when we talk about issues like this, we tend to pick out just a few Bible verses without looking at the general context, without trying to chain it together, without trying to really link it together. We just pick the scripture that is uh, comfortable for us and then just go around like that but if you are going to have the understanding of the scriptures you need to build a background for you to pick from there needs to be some sort of uh, understanding there needs to see some sort of uh, perspective that supports what you are about to learn so if the perspective that does not, it doesn't support it it means that what you are about to learn okay, is against what you already believe and if, it's, if you are being taught by the Spirit of God, you have no option than to accept it. Praise God. So we need to put certain things into perspective. And the first thing we need to first put into perspective is that the Word of God is true and final. Yes, every Word of God that you find in the Scriptures is bankable. You can rely on it. Every Word of God that is sent to you, that is revealed to you, that is uh, by, the, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I mean, that is sent to you, that you can find in the scriptures by yourself, interpreted to you by the Holy Spirit, is bankable, is reliable, is final. We need to first find this out. We need to first understand this. This is the first thing we need to put into perspective. That the word of God is true and final. Alright? The second thing we need to put into perspective before we talk about standing on the word is that everything you need as a son of God has been given to you through the word now if the word of god is finer and true we're saying again that everything you need 
has been given to you okay through the word of god the bible you hold in your hands the bible is our contact and contract with god the bible is our contact and contract with god all right so every word of god everything you need as a son now not as a servant but as a son of god has been given to you through the word and we'll look at let's look at second peter chapter one second peter chapter 1 verse 2 it says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of god and of our lord jesus grace and peace be multiplied unto you how through the knowledge of god and of our lord jesus three according as his divine power had given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge again of him that had called us to glory and virtue through the knowledge of him christ jesus that has called us to glory and virtue knowledge knowledge the word of god <laughs> so you need to understand everything you need that is what the scripture is saying here you have received everything that pertains to life and performing like God. Everything. So you have a share, okay, in the word of God. Your inheritance is in the word of God. Your promises are in the word of God. So the scripture is a complete manual for how you are going to lead your life. If you know how to use it. If because the scripture is a complete manual for your greatness it is a complete manual for your prosperity it is a complete manual for everything you want to accomplish if you know how to find the word of god for you all right the third thing we need to put into perspective is that jesus is the word grace and peace has been multiplied unto you through the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord all right according as his divine power has given us to who or to you all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him jesus put move him put jesus that had called us to glory and virtue all right so jesus is the word and that means everything you need has been given to you through christ jesus everything you need everything everything so what we are saying again the third thing we are trying to sustain is that jesus is the world and i'd like us to look at uh john chapter one in that uh john chapter one verse one it said in the beginning was the world and the world was with god and the world was god you can read the old chapter but my emphasis is laid on chapter verse 14 that says and the world became flesh the word of god that was with god in the beginning that was god all right became flesh and we beheld and dwelt among us he became flesh and dwelt among us that is christ jesus and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory like the only begotten of the father and as many that believe in him 
to them gave he power to become sons of God. It's one of, it's one of those verses in that John chapter 1. There are a lot of mysteries in that chapter. But the, the point here is that Jesus is the word of God. He became flesh and dwelt among us. Alright, so that he might be able to redeem us by his by his, uh, by his work of redemption. Third thing. So, we have said the word of God is true and final. Everything you need has been given to you through the word of God. And we have said Jesus is the word. The fourth thing we need to put into perspective is that everyone has a share in the inheritance of the world. So, because the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, alright, you have an inheritance okay you have you have come into a lot of inheritances not even just one <laughs> part of the inheritances you've come into is to be one of the heirs of abraham all right <laughs> so you have come into a lot of inheritances you have an inheritance in the world you have an inheritance in christ jesus and you have your inheritance the contract of your inheritance can be found in the word of God, which is contained in the Bible. The contract of your inheritance is contained in the word of God, which is the Bible. The contract. So, how you can know that you have your inheritance in the Bible? You know that you have your inheritance, okay, in the Bible. That is why Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 was saying, that if they will then be children, then hears of the promise. Hears. You have an inheritance. We have a long way to go. That's why we're not reading the scripture. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. You might just note it from 27 and then chapter 4 to verse 1 to 3. You can just note it and read it through. And, uh, but people, right, we're still talking about everyone has a share in the inheritance of the world. But people usually lose their inheritance or squander their inheritance because of ignorance the inheritance you don't know belongs to you you cannot use simple the inheritance you do not know belongs to you you cannot possess the inheritance you don't know belongs to you you cannot claim so because of ignorance people lose their inheritance people ignore their inheritance does it mean they can't get it back they can so if you have uh, lost sight of your inheritance before in the world it is time you get back all right and claim and possess your inheritance listen to me no amount of prayer we pray for you we give you back your inheritance until you by yourself okay possess your possessions how do you do that? You need to be aware of your inheritance and you can become aware in the word of God. It's as simple as that. The, fourth, the fifth thing we need to put uh, into perspective is that God has commended his love towards us. Okay? God commended his love and his word towards us. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have an everlasting life. God has commended his love to us and his word to us because he wants us to prosper. The reason God commended his love towards us is because he wants us to have everlasting life and he wants us to prosper. No more 
of course there's more but no less praise god there's more but no less god wants you to prosper i want you to understand that today the whole point of jesus coming to help the whole point of him completing the work of redemption is that you may be saved from what okay and from the punishment of hell that you may be saved from the law of sin unto death and that you may prosper so if you have been saved and you're not prospering yet okay you have not uh, enjoyed the full extent of the substitutionary work of Christ Jesus I want to tell you today you've been saved great your name is written in heaven you've accepted Jesus all right but you need to prosper you need to manifest godliness the whole creation that's what Romans chapter 8 verse 19 is telling us that the whole creation awaited for the manifestations of the sons of God you need to prosper all right Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 to 13 Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 to 13 11 says for I know the thoughts that I think towards you say had the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end to give you an expected end to give you an expected and God wants you to prosper God it is important for you to understand that it is not the will of God for you to suffer it is not the will of God for you to endure hardship it is not the will of God for you to endure harassments of the devil God wants you to prosper and so if you do not prosper it is up to you not up to God your prosperity lies in your hands because God has already commended it towards you. He commended his love towards you. He commended his word towards you so that you may prosper. It's important that we understand this. Isaiah 55. Alright? So, the thought of God for me is to prosper. When the book of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 to 9, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Alright? God is saying here, that his thoughts are not yours, neither are my ways your ways. Right? Saith the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the heart, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The problem with people is that they try to limit God. Even born again believers will limit God to the things that we can see, to the things that we believe are possible, Yes, God has said, my intention is that you should prosper. Right? My intention. God has said that my thoughts towards you is that you should prosper, you should have peace, and to have an expected end. But that is the intention of God. But in our mind somewhere, we expect God to do it in a particular way. We expect God to do it in a way that we think. God is saying here in Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, that your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as the heaven is high, okay, so are yours. So the question is, 
can we walk in his thoughts because as long as you do not understand his thoughts and you do not walk in his ways you are not likely going to prosper so your prosperity lies okay in aligning yourself with the thoughts of god and his ways for your life otherwise it's pointless let's go back to jeremiah chapter 11 just 29 verse 11 again Okay, let's, uh, for I know the thought that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. So the reason you can pray and God answers your prayer is because he wants to prosper you. <laughs> 13. And ye shall seek me, Praise God and find me when you shall seek for me with all of your heart. And God said, 14, and I will be found of you, say help the Lord. And when I am found of you, I will turn away your captivity. Praise God. When I am found of you, I will turn away your captivity. So, there's a very important question we need to ask here. Pertinent questions. Pertinent questions. How do we find God? How? Because Jesus, God is saying here that I will be, you shall seek me and find me. And when you, that is when you seek for me with all of your heart. He said, when you have done this, I will be found of you. And when I have found you, I will turn away your captivity and give you peace and you will prosper the question is how do we find god simple for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life let's look at john chapter 1 how do we find god 12 12 says okay let's start from 10 he said he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not he came unto his own and his own received him not 12 but as many right as many as many as received Christ Jesus to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name have we answered the question how do we find god we find god through christ jesus jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh to the father except through me you want to find god you need to accept jesus into your life you need to accept jesus as your personal lord and savior and you need to believe in his substitutionary work you need to believe in his work of redemption. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. First step. How do we find God? Jesus already said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except through me. It is why we still go to our Father in prayer and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. The access we have to our Father through faith is by Christ 
how do we find God? Jesus. The second way, of course, after we have found Jesus, because I, I want to believe I'm speaking to a set of believers that has already found Jesus. So finding God now, the next step in finding God is true is what? Not prayer. Prayer comes after. Because you can pray for as long as you want. As long as you do not say the right things in prayer, it's pointless. You can pray for as long as you want, 21 hours, 48 hours, 100 years. As long as you do not say the right things in prayer, all right, <laughs> forget it. The scripture says, God said, God told the Israelites, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. That is, come back to me to say to me what I have said. How do we find God? True is what? As a born-again believer, you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Your contract, your contact with God is his word. I've said this before. Our contact and our contract with God is his word. The scriptures. The scriptures. It is important. Second question, second pertinent question. How do we walk in his ways and think his thoughts? We've said before that we need to align ourselves with the ways of God and the thought of God if we are going to prosper. Then how then do you walk in his ways and think his thoughts? Alright? To understand this, we need to consider Psalm 81. The Psalms of King David. The book of Psalms 81. A1 verse 11 to 14. Just give me a moment. All right. 11 says, But my people would not echo to my voice. Praise God. Listen carefully to what God is telling Israel here. He said, But my people, my people, my people would not echo to my voice. And Israel, would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts lost, and they walked in their counsels. Meaning, God expects you to walk in His counsels. He expects you, okay, to walk in His counsels, to think His thoughts, and to walk His ways. Right. So, all that my people, God is saying there, all that my people had echoed unto me. Right? And Israel had walked in my ways. God is telling you here that if you have the Spirit of God in you, if you are indeed born again, you are to walk in His ways and think His thoughts. It's, it's very interesting here that this scripture was addressed to people that have not been redeemed by Christ Jesus. This is to tell you that it is more addressed to you than them. All that Israel, yeah, all that my people, not just Israel now, all that my people, God's own people, his sons, had echoed unto him. All that you had heard him and think the way you would have thought, and Israel had walked in my ways. So who's saying to you 
that you cannot walk in the ways of God. Who's saying that? You can't. He said, All that my people had echoed to my voice and walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. Now, quick question. How do we walk in these thoughts and how do we walk in his ways and think in thoughts? Do not forget. 11 says, But my people would not echo to my voice. A part. Right? 13 says, A part. All that my people had echoed unto me. If you are going to walk in his ways, and think in his thoughts, you need to hear from him. You need to hear the word of God. 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 This is important. Hold that Israel would echo unto me. Hold that my people would hear my how do you hear from God? So you see, sometimes we think everything, we, when we say hear from God, we think it has to be revelationary all the time. No, the scripture has been written for you. The scripture has been written for you. His word is made available to you. We said as before, your contract and contact with God is His Word, the Bible. So, <clears throat> sorry about that. So, this is what led to the statement standing on the Word of God. Because now you know that your contract and contact with God, okay, is His Word. So, if you are going to think His thoughts and walk His ways, and sorry, and walk in his ways, you need to stand on his word. Praise God. If you are going to think the thought of God and walk in the ways of God, you need to stand on his word. That is, you need to learn to live by his word. Praise God. If you are going to walk in the ways of God to prosper, it means that you need to learn to live by his word. And that's practically what we refer to as standing on the word of God. So, we need to uh, read Ephesians chapter 6. To understand standing properly, the word standing, standing properly. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 13. So very before we can read it again. Ephesians 6, 13. Ephesians 6, chapter 13. He says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, even when you are attacked here, having done all to stand. Praise God. Having done all to what? Stand. Having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. 14. Stand therefore. Having your please be careful. Listen to me carefully to understand everything here that you are being asked to stand with. Stand therefore, 
having your lawyers guide about with truth what is truth jesus said i am the way the truth and the life the truth is the word of god the truth is jesus jesus is the truth having your loins guide about with truth you understand then that everything that you see around you everything that you see around you the only thing that is true is the word of god so regardless of whatever situation you find yourself know that the word of god is the only truth and that is the only thing you are acknowledging and that is the only thing you are accepting having your upstand having your loins guide about with truth two having on the breastplate of righteousness as a result of being delivered of being redeemed you have become the righteousness of god this understanding is important and the confession of such is important you are standing praise god stand therefore having your loins guide about with it having on the breastplate of righteousness okay and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace you need to be actively or passively involved you need to be involved one way or another whether by directly involved by, by your efforts or by your time or by your resources you have to be involved in the propagation of the gospel of peace this is how you showed your faith right right and above all taking on the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked take ye the shield of faith take ye the shield of faith let us uh, do not forget for faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of god and we have said before in uh, in my previous podcast that hearing is a continuous process not once and so if hearing is going to be a continuous thing it has to be done by you you have to be the one confessing the word of god to yourself so that you may hear them right put on the shield of faith 17 take the shield take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god you discover that everything you are being asked to stand here with right relies heavily on the word of god relies heavily on on the word of god itself and its understanding and its declaration one it lies on being aware of the word of god the understanding and the declaration this is what is referred to standing standing it is not by just uh reading it or just knowing it and expecting it it has to come to the point of deep understanding and declaration this point has to it, you need to be clear about this so as doing fully well this means that as a born again believer even in the evil day you are not meant to fight 
I've said this again, and I'll say it before again, that believers are not meant to fight the devil. We're talking about a defeated enemy here. We're talking about a defeated foe here. Jesus conquered him, made an open disgrace of him. It's documented in Colossians chapter 2. Jesus conquered the devil and all of his minions and made an open display of them. Yeah? So, Jesus has done that already. Why do you need to fight? One. Two, you do not need to claim your victory. No. To claim means that it is no longer, it it, it was yours, then it is not with you. When you say you want to claim something, it means it is yours, but it's not with you. So that's why you want to claim it. No. Christians do not need to claim their victory. What Christians need to do is to declare their victory. That is why your declaration of faith is so important, both in the good days and in the evil days. This is what is meant by living by the word of God. This is what is meant by standing on the word of God. This is how you can develop into the kind of being that can walk in his ways and think his thoughts. You're not meant to fight. You're meant to resist. Said, resist the devil. Steadfast in your faith. Even though the evil day comes, you stand, not fight. You don't run away. You stand. You stand. Stand on the word of God. Stand. So, we're still looking at what does standing means. Basically, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. From verse uh, 23. Hebrews 10, 23. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 23 says, Therefore, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For it is faithful that promised. Hallelujah. Let us hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith. Standing on the word of God means the confessing and living by of the word of God. I've said this before. That declaration of the word is so important. It is not enough to study. It is not enough to... It is great to study. Studying can make you become aware. Confessing or declaring is what makes you become. Let me repeat. Studying leads to awareness. Right? Confessing and declaring leads to becoming. If the word of God has said something about you and you need to see it manifest in your life, studying will make you make make you understand what the word of God has said about you. We make you aware of your rights. But confessing, declaring, and living, right, is what will make you become. Simple. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us hold fast. This is what is referred to as standing on the word of God. Holding fast 
the confession of your faith holding fast what the word of god has said concerning that issue holding fast what the word of god has said concerning your life holding fast what the holy spirit has revealed to you holding fast so if your standing is not done in the understanding of the word and declaration of such you are not standing let's be frank that's not standing so standing does not mean fighting standing does not mean complaining standing does not mean uh just praying or requesting from god right standing does not mean reporting to god in prayer Standing does not mean claiming, trying to claim your victory. No. You have to possess it. It belongs to you. It is with you. Nobody has snatched it away from you yet. When it comes to the point where you have to claim, you are agreeing that it is no longer with you. It is with you. You walk in the victory. Standing means possessing what belongs to you. Possessing and standing and saying, this is mine and it is mine regardless of what the devil is trying to make me see this is mine regardless of what i am seeing in my finances prosperity is mine i have all of my needs met by god's power regardless of what regardless of whatever it is my bank account is saying regardless of what Things are like for the rest of the people out there. I am saying there is a lifting up. Regardless of the many casting downs I'm seeing around, I am saying there is a lifting up. There are sicknesses around. Regardless of the number of sicknesses, uh, viruses around, I am saying by his stripes, I am healed. Even if it seems as if my body was attacked, I know that by his stripes, I am healed. Even in the midst of that sickness, you are saying, by his stripes, I am healed. Even in the midst of that turmoil, you are saying, no weapon fashioned against you can prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is your heritage as a son of God, and your righteousness is from God. Therefore, whatsoever you do shall prosper. Regardless of what is going on, you are saying, you are dwelling in the secret place of the Lord and living under the shadow of the Almighty. The Lord is your refuge. Therefore, no evil can come to your abode, nor neither can any sickness come to your dwelling place. That is standing. Finally, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says, And Jehovah came, Hallelujah. Not overcome, not shall overcome, not will overcome. Oh, okay. Maybe we should consider who overcame. Right? Good. Let's start from 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night who have overcame the brethren you and i and they overcame overcame 
means it has happened. It has happened means it has happened. I don't know how else to put this. Overcame means it has happened. Not it will happen. Not it must happen. Not it shall happen. It has happened. It has happened. It is because you have overcame. That is why Jesus said that in the world you shall face tribulation, but be cheerful. The world has been conquered for you. It has happened. No, it will. Not it must. No, it shall. It has happened. Right? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the second part. So, your victory has been assured. You have already overcome. You have already overcome. Right? You are already living in victory. You are already standing in victory. But if you are going to ascertain, if you are going to stand in that victory and resist the devil, okay, it must be by the word of your testimony. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Here, you're seeing it. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Your victory is assured. Your victory is with you. But when circumstances arise, in the evil day, declare your victory and stand. You have you have overcame by the blood of the land already, and you have you will overcome again by the word of your testimony. That results that you seek to see in the physical will appear again. Will appear by the word of your testimony. As long as you refuse to say what the devil is making you, trying to make you say. The results will come. Praise God. Stand. Resist in. Steadfast in your faith. Stand in the faith. Having done all to stand. Having done all. Not some. All to stand. Stand therefore. Having your loins guided about with truth taking on the helmet of salvation, putting putting on the breastplate of righteousness, okay, taking on the shield of faith, having your feet shod with the gospel of peace, and taking on the sword of the spirit. Hallelujah. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will reveal this word more and more unto you even as you listen. That you receive the grace to be able to stand both in the evil day and in good times and declare the word of God gallantly. Declare the word of God boldly and be a true ambassador for Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Have a great time.